It's unbelievable to imagine so many people who work against the best interest of these children. About two-thirds of these kids end up working full-time, and many of the jobs they end up working in are not legal jobs for minors, usually because they're dangerous for them in some way. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in, everybody. So, Cindy, this is going to sound crazy. Maybe it was just a nightmare I had, but I could have sworn that there are states in this country that are currently trying to change the labor laws so that children can work and work longer hours and in more dangerous settings. That was just a bad dream, right? I'm afraid not, Julie. They are rolling back the time. It's really happening. How could that be? Didn't we fight long ago in this country to protect children from all of that? Yes, we did. I think we need to take a look at this with some historical context, because this is insane. But I do know that this country long ago treated children pretty badly. Right, Julie. Putting kids to work was common before the Civil War. Enslaved children had to work before they were five at tasks they could do like caring for younger children, in whatever way a five-year-old can do that, and helping around the house. The tasks increased as they grew to having them in the fields doing hard labor by the time they were 10. 10. Think about when you were 10 or your 10-year-old child. My God. Sometimes because of poverty, natural disasters, displacement, or other desperate situations, yeah, people do put their children to work. In extreme situations, it can help the family economically in an immediate way, potentially offering the child an opportunity to learn a skill, maybe give them a feeling of some level of independence or a way to help the family but it's not generally a good thing. It's not a good thing. Over the long run, it has a very negative impact on child development and education. Being expected to work increases the rate of school dropout and affects overall health and well-being. Child labor can also lead to exploitation, as we know, sexual and otherwise, and some pretty extreme bodily and mental harm, even death. Right. In some situations, families may need immediate relief, and that is where the country fails families. Very much. Because in most cases, being able to stick it out, stay healthier, and get that education, that will eventually result in economic gain for the child and the whole family. But as the child grows up, it's so important, and it's so important for society as a whole. Exactly. Child labor laws were created to put some boundaries around how much and in what capacities we can risk the health, well-being, safety, or educational needs and opportunities of our children. Which we shouldn't be risking at all. That's why those laws were really important. The Fair Labor Standards Act outlawed most child labor back in 1938, and it imposed strict limits on the rest. 
yes, it became illegal to employ kids in certain conditions, like in dangerous jobs or for more than a specified amount of time. Child labor laws put restrictions on the hours and types of work that can be done by minors under 18. With some exceptions, like for farm families and child actors, employing minors under the age of 14 is, has been, it's now illegal. Yes. And 14-year-olds can do some things like usher in a theater, bus tables, or scoop ice cream. Kids younger than 16 working in a non-farm business owned by their parents or guardians can work any time of day for any number of hours. I guess that makes sense in a family business, even though you wouldn't want those families to, you know, overburden their, their own children. Right. But hopefully, you know, families working together, the kids have some chores to do sort of in, in the business. Right. That may not be so horrible. That's how I want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. With these restrictions in place, child labor decreased for a good long time, and it seemed to be a thing of the past. But now it seems to be widespread again these days, and we're not just talking about a third world problem. Just like the sweatshops in the United States that we talked about in another recent podcast, child labor is popular right here in the U.S. It is not a bad dream. No, the number of child labor violations started really increasing in 2015 when the labor market was getting tight. Workers have been hard to find, and some businesses used the pandemic as a reason to hire children. Also, remember all those unaccompanied minors fleeing to the safety of the United States from violence and poverty in Latin America? They are apparently perfect for exploitation. And that's what's happening. The Department of Health and Human Services is charged with protecting unaccompanied children and caring for them while they're in their custody. They also vet and place them with parents, relatives, and other sponsors and try to follow up. But as you can imagine, it's a big job. Once they're assigned to a family, HHS struggles to keep track and to fully prevent so many minors from what is reported to be a huge network of labor contractors, big businesses, and others who recruit the children into working. As the challenge of child labor exploitation continues increasing, the Departments of Labor and Health and Human Services are also trying to increase their efforts to more carefully vet placements of migrant children. It's unbelievable to imagine so many people who work against the best interest of these children. About two-thirds of these kids end up working full-time, and many of the jobs they end up working in are not legal jobs for minors, usually because they're dangerous for them in some way. The U.S. Labor Department investigates every child labor complaint received, and it's currently working on a mere 600 investigations. And that means, of course, that there are many more than that that just go unreported. Yes, what's been reported is an almost 70% increase in children being employed illegally by companies since 2018. Last year, 835 companies were found to have violated child labor laws. Children make desirable employees to a lot of companies. They're more manageable than adults, and they're cheaper. Yeah, that's how they get exploited. 
Right now, the maximum penalty for a child labor violation is $15,138 per child. Really not high enough for major for-profit companies to care about getting caught. They probably save way more than that, just paying them less. You can ruin a child's life for $15,000, but you can get a lot of work out of them. Not a bad deal for some evil employer. So that's the price of a child's life. Of course, it can add up. As recently as February 17th, 2023, the Department of Labor announced findings in one of the largest child labor cases in its history, which was with Packers Sanitation Services Incorporated LTD, a major food safety company, a food safety company, not a child safety company. They had to pay $1.5 million in penalties for employing over 100 teens ages 13 to 17. These child employees were using dangerous, toxic chemicals to clean meatpacking plants in eight states. Imagine, again, yourself or your child at 13 to 17, working full-time with toxic chemicals in a meatpacking plant. It's gross. They're the kind of chemicals that, like, just you breathe it in or they get in your eyes, all kind of stuff. Terrible. Burn your skin. The Biden administration is working to add more funding for oversight and enforcement and pushing for heavier penalties for companies who use child workers illegally. They're allegedly doing that. Well, not fast enough. A lot of companies just look the other way when their staffing agency or subcontractor hires underage workers. It's a very similar story to the sweatshops that we talked about. In fact, some of the child labor violations are at the same places, not surprising at all. Right. In some cases, subcontractors bid low to win the job contracts, and then they have to figure out how they're going to make a profit on that low bid without cutting some corners. The brand name company that hired them doesn't care. You know, they don't care how they save the money. They turn a blind eye. Also, not surprisingly, again, many Republican state legislators have been pushing hard against child labor restrictions and trying all kinds of ways to expand the number of work hours and work settings young people can be expected to perform. Of course, not their children or their relatives, but, you know, those other lesser young people. And the rules are just too restrictive for business, apparently. So far this year, 2023, eight bills have been introduced to weaken child labor laws, and there are more on the horizon. Of course, a lot of them won't get passed, at least I hope not, but the people pushing to expand child labor are nonstop. As always, they act as if there are serious rights infringements in restricting child labor. They use the argument that not allowing children to work infringes on rights, in this case, (laughs) parental rights. And probably also business rights. Yeah. Parents may need help with certain things. But helping to put their children at risk in an unhealthy work environment doesn't seem like the right angle to take. Groups and legislators trying to weaken child labor laws are really working to get rid of as many restrictions on businesses as they can. Well, Cindy, that's the way to increase profits. More and more companies have been using minor children to work in dangerous industries in our country. It's true. Child labor violations have been found in suppliers to... Hyundai, Nestle, Hershey, H&M, Microsoft, and many other companies, as well as a bunch of labor contractors, hotels, 
and others. Yeah. One big investigation was at Heartside Food Solutions, a food contractor that makes and packages products for well-known snack and cereals like chewy granola bars, Lucky Charms, and Cheetos. In this case, which includes General Mills and Frito-Lay, who are the actual makers of the snacks and cereals, the subcontractor they hired did not require their staffing agency to check workers' ages. And in this case, like in so many of them, the violation was from a subcontractor to the big parent company. So the big parent can claim some plausible deniability and state, as they did, that they were appalled to learn that such a thing was happening in their company and they had no idea. Really? Is it plausible deniability, though? Really? Did they just not ask any questions? Did they turn a blind eye? Deniable, maybe? Plausible? I don't think so. Agreed. But somehow, all of this allows them to argue about who's actually responsible for hiring the underage workers and point the finger someplace else. Sounds like BS, really. Exactly what I was thinking, Cindy. New legislation will probably be necessary to assign accountability because so many of these profiteers don't accept it on their own. Sadly, their own moral compass just doesn't, I don't think they have one. Maybe it doesn't point in that direction. It's faulty. Whatever. They only care about the bottom line, of course. Money. They want to make the most money. One of our takeaways, buy fair trade and sweatshop-free products whenever you can. But given the list you mentioned and that I added to, Frito-Lay, Lucky Charms, Cindy, it can be challenging to figure out which companies to avoid. The subcontractors are doing the dirty work secretly. True, Julie. And if you're interested in this topic, there are many international organizations working to end child labor here and all around the world. The International Initiative to End Child Labor at endchildlabor.org is one U.S.-based nonprofit with the mission to eliminate the worst forms of child labor in the United States as well as around the world. Check it out. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.